everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk. So let's talk movies for the 150th time. Let's talk those movies for the 150th time. At least. I think there's a couple... There, that's not including, like, the one-off episodes. As far as episodes of Movie Films with Bill and Steve, this is episode 150. Woo! Because those other episodes are not part of the canon. Not part of canon. They're like the Dragon Ball Z movies, most of them. Except yeah. Dead Zone. We're not really sure where that falls. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Dead Zone's canon, but the other stuff, it's like, what? What's going on with that? Where's Bardock? <laughs> God damn it, Bardock. Remember when Goku's father was just referenced to be a scientist that wasn't good at fighting? And... <laughs> Apparently he's like the biggest Saiyan badass ever, and even he was saying Jesus. He was saying Jesus. Saiyan Jesus. Yeah, that was a big deal. And then then there's that. Then there's Tree of Might. Whatever the the Saiyan and that one looked like Goku. That was a big Turles. Turles. Thank you. Okay, there you go. Thank you. No one else watched Tree of Might. It's okay. No, it's not. Um, I just I disgraced my family. Well, yes, you did. Well, you know, in the world of Hollywood right now, I think that's the least uh, worst thing I could have done. <laughs> so I, I think I'm doing pretty good. You're doing much better than uh, most others. Most others, indeed. Uh, we kind of kind of switch things up here. I guess normally I talk about what I'm doing when you introduce the episodes. So let's uh, let's talk about my life. Okay. And how things are going. You know, we took a, your life. We didn't do anything last week. You know, because that's when Just League dropped. We recorded that earlier to be kind of on top of stuff. So we had a little week off. There's the holidays, Thanksgiving time. Steve, uh, my mother and my grandmother decided that. Well, my grandmother's old, obviously. My mom doesn't <laughs> like cooking, so uh, they just decided to go to like a place to eat for Thanksgiving now. And so we went to a place in Peoria called Jim Steakhouse. Okay. And it is kind of a it's kind of an upper hoity-toity kind of place. But when I got there, I had never been to this place before because last year I do stuff with Rachel's family, so I didn't go last year when they went to do this. But basically, there's like mm-hmm. a like a uh, breakfast, lunch, like a big buffet, tons of food, that type of thing. And so I thought, okay, this is gonna be a hoity-toity place. So check it out. Uh, this is hoity-toity, kind of in that like mm, whoever designed this and decorated it thought this was like looking really cool and like expensive in the eighties. <laughs> nowadays, it just looks really cheap and tacky. That's amazing. Like when you first walk in um, to the place, it's just wall to wall. Like even on the fucking doors into like the waiting area are just framed photos of people <laughs> who have come here. Now, Steve, most places have signed photos or a photo with like the owner or somebody with the guest. No, they're just, a lot of them are just signed, like, just, not even signed, sorry, not, a lot of them are not even signed photos, they're just photos. Like, one, it's like, oh, there's James Brolin, he came here once, I guess, there's a picture of him on the wall, so I assume he came here before. Nah, they just really like him. It's like, there's so many just photos, there's like, like, even like, 8x10s, like, five, like, tiny, like, 5x6 or whatever, there's tiny photos, it's like, it's wall to wall. It's, it's, it looked, it looked incredibly tacky, and I, I say door, literally, the door to the place also had, like, garbage frames just kind of nailed to it. And it's like, well, this is incredibly tacky looking. And then we get inside the actual restaurant. You know, it's it's high dining. There's like a there's chandeliers and shit. And of course, it's in a kind of it's a subterranean restaurant. So they have like fake uh, painted murals of like outside to make it think like you're outside. Well, yeah, of course, or, or make you think you can see outside of a window. <laughs> uh, their buffet area was inside where the bar is at, and they had tables. And the food is fine. I have nothing on the food. It was good. Uh, but it was really funny because I, I noticed that the dessert table looked odd. Then I realized, oh, that's the grand piano. That's in the bar. They just have the top <laughs> down and they just put a, they just put a sheet, you know, a tablecloth over the top of it, and just have all the desserts and stuff on top of it. Oh yeah, of course. 
uh it was interesting it was very fun it was good food i have nothing against like the food quality it was all it was definitely worth the price my my mother uh, paid for it for the thanksgiving dinner That's and all this other yeah. stuff uh you know this is great i got to have tons of shrimp uh for thanksgiving it was the best Fuck yeah shrimp hell yeah shrimp uh it was just it was just funny going in there and just seeing the place that's trying to like that people treat and go there thinking like it's high class, high expensive class dining. And I walk in there, I'm like, man, woof, <laughs> this is a, this is tax city. So that was excellent. Uh, and of course with Thanksgiving comes post Thanksgiving shopping. Hell yeah. The Black Friday sales, all the sales, Steve, uh, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a yearly holiday tradition just to go and buy movies. Which I did do a lot of that, but not before uh, going to GameStop to buy some, uh, to try to attempt to buy some Lego Dimension stuff, Steve, in which then I was stuck at GameStop for two hours. Oh, God. Because the GameStop I went to only has two registers, and uh, it was not the best setup. Not the best setup? No, because only two registers, and uh, just uh, the guy, only two people running the registers were sometimes having to grab games, and that made everything take forever. It was interesting. What was most interesting was that when they first opened, they had two Super Nintendo Classics on the counter. And, like, one of the first people there bought one. And the other one just sat there. Like, for the entire time I was in line. If I, when I went up to check out, I could have bought that one and then did something, sold, scalped it or gave it to someone, you know, who wanted one or something. But I thought to myself, you know what? There might be someone in this line that actually wants it who had been waiting here for an hour. I'm not going to do that. Right. But it's just so funny to me that no one bought that thing the entire time. PlayStation 4s? Oh, man. Every single person in that line was buying a PlayStation 4. Interesting. Everywhere I went. I have actually have a friend who wanted to move, uh, last couple weeks went, went, been wanting to buy a PlayStation 4. He can't find one. <laughs> well, good they for are, Sony, I guess. They are gone everywhere. And they, like when I went to. Like, it's funny, I went to, when I went to Walmart after GameStop to buy stuff, and there was just a cart stacked, like, maybe eight feet high of just switches just sitting there. <laughs> like, no one was touching them. And, like, when I was in line at GameStop, you know, this is just, you know, evidence on my, like, what I saw. Only one person the entire time I was there bought an Xbox One. Everyone yeah. was just buying PlayStation 4s. Like, tons and tons of PlayStation 4s. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely believe that um, when it comes to the uh, Xboxes. Um, because although the, uh, Xbox One S, X, whatever the fuck it is, the X. new one, yeah, uh, while it is an impressive system, it's also, like, why? It's very, it's way more expensive, too. It's way more expensive, there's only a few games that take slight advantage of it, but even then they're, like, upgrades. Mm-hmm. Like, the big game that they wanted to push the Gears of War or something, it's not out. Actually, the big game that there, uh, was for his, uh, PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds, Mm. It's available for PC, but like as far as console, it's currently in a like a timed exclusive slot for the Xbox One, and they were just like they thought it'd have it out right for the holidays, and it's not out yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they thought they'd be their big console pusher, which I really don't think it's going to be. No goodness, no. So it's just interesting that even after you know, with the PS4 has been out for what four years now, three years. Yeah. So I mean, even then, it's still like the hottest. Like now, like I said, a friend trying to find it, he can't find one. Every mm-hmm. store around here sold out. Yeah. Well, a bunch of stores have them for great fucking deals. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, GameStop, I think, was a great one. You got, basically buying it, you got, uh, there's the bundles, so, like, most people are buying, like, the World War II Call of Duty one, and then you got a $50 GameStop gift card with it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would buy it, and then take the gift card, buy another game for 10 bucks. you know, get, for like, you know, a brand new game for 10 bucks. So that, you know, just, oh, there's tons of deals all over the place for the fucking thing. Sony, man, they're just, they're raking in this generation. Good. And it's not even, it's, like, they're just doing, you know, they have good first price support, and Microsoft is just, just wallowing. 
trying to figure it out. Nintendo, I'm not going to compare because Nintendo's just doing their thing, whatever. Yeah, they're just doing their thing. So, nah, yeah, whatever's going on there. Uh, but of course, you know, good sales, get everything on there. Uh, man, I was uh, kind of blown away by the sheer amount of movies and stuff Walmart was selling this year. Oh, nice. I didn't get a chance so... to make it to a Walmart at all this year, so. Oh, they had so much stuff. It was, I mean, me and Rachel spent more than we did last year, but we got a lot more stuff. Like, there was way more stuff, and the prices were excellent. Like, like when we talk about Lethal Weapon this week, I got the uh, four-pack on Blu-ray for uh, $9. Nice. And then I the Matrix collection with all the movies, like the big supplemental disc and everything, that was $9 all on you know, Blu-ray. Uh, just tons of stuff. I got, like, uh, Get Out for 6 I mean, they're just the prices were absurd. Tremors 5, Steve! I got it for $2. Nice. Have you seen no. Tremors 5 yet? No. I that's finally I watched up. I finally watched it. I thought it was uh, overall enjoyable. Uh, that's why I picked it up. I'm like, you know, I, I want to see this. Two bucks? Sure, I'll do that. I had to cost so much to rent it, so I might as well buy it. Yeah. So that was... And then, of course, the biggest uh, deal I stuck was uh, Best Buy. I got the Sopranos Complete Series on Blu-ray for 50 bucks. Normal price, uh, I think it's $200, $200. That's really impressive. Yeah. That was, it was on sale like that recently on Best Buy, but I missed it. I was really pissed. I thought that was it. I would never find it again. But when I swung into Best Buy real quick on, I think on that, I think it was on that Friday, on the actual Friday stuff, because most of everything I got done on, on Thursday, I just got done eating dinner and just went out and did stuff, whatever. And I walked in, it was just one sitting there, I'm like, oh, yoink, grabbing that. Because it's one of those cases I watched a good amount of it when it aired, but I've been wanting to rewatch the series. And for 50 bucks for an HBO season, you know, show, complete series, Blu-ray, that's absurdly good price. So, had to get that. And that was... That was the bulk of it. Um, video game-wise, I did pick up the Crash Bandicoot collection from Walmart. And then I got uh, Neo. Nio, Whatever the fuck that is I, I pronounce it Neo. Dark Souls, but, you know, Edo Japan shit. Real fucking neato. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that's, only, that's only game stuff I got. Okay. That's fair. And then of course, and of course, much Lego to mention stuff from places. So, uh, did you did you pick up anything from the the, the holiday sales? Um, I picked up a few things. Grabbed a uh, a few Blu-rays from Target because they had a few good deals. Mm-hmm. Not as many as Walmart, obviously. Um. Uh, what I'm trying to fucking remember. I picked up Evil Within two. Nice. I picked up some Christmas shit because some Christmas shit was on sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too much, but <laughs> lower. Um, I picked up a few things from the WWE shop, of all places. Gotcha. I, I picked up a Intercontinental replica belt, because it was really, uh, really affordable. Mm-hmm. It's weird, because it's, um, it's the quote-unquote commemorative belt, so it's plas- it's made of plastic as opposed to the metal, mm-hmm. so it was only like 120 bucks. Um, so I was expecting quality on par with, like, that heavyweight belt that I bought at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is clearly plastic, it's on, like, this hard leather, but it looks fine, so who fucking cares? Uh, when I pulled that Intercontinental belt out of the bag, I I thought that they might have sent me the wrong one. <laughs> because the leather is the super fine, really nice moving leather okay. that, that the belts actually have, and the plastic is so thick and hard that it feels like metal when I touch it. Yeah, nice. I'm very impressed with this thing. I'm glad I picked it up. It's my favorite look of belt, and this commemorative Intercontinental belt is just as good as that $400 fucking metal shit. 
Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad you you had one of those pleasant surprise moments. Yeah, it definitely was. It was a. That's awesome. I was very surprised. I grabbed a couple T-shirts. Uh, one for myself. Uh, one for the misses, and I got her an ornament for the tree. Yeah, I can't buy their T-shirts anymore. Uh, if they weren't Black Friday sales, I would not have. I, I I've grown. I since everything I buy shirts from, like you know. Mega 64, other artists, stuff like that. Everyone uses, like, next-level tees that are soft. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stand. No, I uh, know exactly what you mean. Sure. Like, they do those stupid Hanes beefy tees that feel like uh, cardboard on your skin. Yeah, I completely agree, and I hate it. But yeah, for so eight bucks, sure. Eight bucks, that's a, that's a fair price, but when they're, like, $25, $30. Oh, agreed, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, go fuck yourself. I'll sp- I can spend a bit more to get a pro wrestling t-shirt. That I know is a bit more because it's you know going to somebody and a lot of times it's like back and front printing like they're a bit more complicated all this stuff whatever and it's print on demand I'll spend like thirty five forty bucks for a shirt because for that but I'm not and I know I'll be comfortable and it'll fit me nice and I'll like it yeah WWE shirts like woof get that get that uh here's one picture it feels like shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> thirty bucks yeah the, and the boys get like fifty cents of that swag. Swag, 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 swag. Um, there's a couple other things I picked up, but not that important. Nothing that I can remember remember offhand, so whatever. That's totally fine. It's just fun to recap uh, the the capitalism we, we exude. Oh, yeah. I definitely, you know, definitely, my wife and I were out shopping that night, because it's our tradition. It's fun. It's just fun. I mean, like, the stories are open. Like, what? Who, hey, you know what, Sonny? Um, I, I didn't see as many crowds. Uh, checking out was very quick everywhere I went. Uh... Like I said, GameStop was the worst because it was a tiny store, only two registers, and everyone was just having complicated purchases. I was the easiest fucking one because I just Lego Dimensions. Here we go. So check me out. I'm done. Bye. Woo. Yeah. Out the door. That's all I had to do. <laughs> uh, but actually, I do say, like, out of all the Toys to Life stuff, they have major sales this time of year to try to get that fucking inventory out of there. Oh, yeah. Get that shit out. My local Toys R Us, they, they actually look like they're going to be out of Lego Dimensions soon. Oh, that's cool. They used to have like, basically like half of an aisle over in the video video game section, and it's like most of it's gone now. Mm-hmm. So the, clearly, the Black Friday sales actually were very beneficial for it, which is good. I mean, I as much as I hate the game uh, dying, it's 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 it sucks when like you go to the store and there's still just tons and tons and tons of Disney Infinity sitting there. Yeah. It's like they they do buy one get four free and it doesn't go anywhere. But Lego Dimensions about half off and it just whoosh flies away. Yeah, flies away. But it's that dual you know playability there. It's a you got the game element and b there's still Lego figures. There's still Legos. You can still do something if you don't even want the fucking game. You just want the minifigures. You get great. Boom. Got it. Six bucks you get a minifigure and some pieces. Great. Awesome. Yeah. You know it's excellent. So uh, did, did you do anything interesting for the holiday, Steve? Um. Well, let's think. What did I? <laughs> what did I do? Well, I mean, I I had three Thanksgiving dinners. My father invited me over for the first time. Nice. Um. So I made a horrible mistake though, because like I knew that I would have three Thanksgivings throughout the day. So the first. Two dinners, I ate very light. You know, I just got a little bit of turkey, a little bit of stuffing, a little bit of potato, a little bit of everything, but only a little bit. And then I went to the second dinner, did the same thing, but I was fine. You know, I was eating. I wasn't overstuffing myself. I was fine. And then we went to the third dinner, but my brain was still in the mindset of eat light because you've been eating all day. So by the time my wife and I got home, I was like, fuck, I'm hungry. 
shit, I made a horrible mistake. So when we were shopping at the mall, I was like, I'm going to go get some Chinese food. And I did, and it was fucking awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, after Thanksgiving Day, I, I was almost, I was just fucking focused on finishing Meowie Christmas. That's what I did. <laughs> That's what I did for the holiday, was finish Meowie Christmas. It's funny when you mentioned food. I had, like, the opposite thing. I went to, when I was eating, you know, dinner with my family at that hokey restaurant, I just ate tons and tons and tons of fucking food. And it was one of those, like, I need to go home and take a nap. Shit. And then I, after I got back to the car, I looked at the time, like, oh, GameStop's opening in 30 minutes. <laughs> well, time to go shopping. And because I guess I was thankful, because, I mean, I could go do stuff still. Uh, but I was, I ate so much food, I didn't need to eat, eat the rest of the day. So that was my, I was good for the day. Didn't have to, wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually we, uh, go to dinner and then come back home for, like, an hour before we go shopping. So we can, like, relax and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year we stayed a little bit longer at the last dinner, so we basically went from dinner straight to shopping and fuck, were we tired. <laughs> but it was, it was a big deal. We had to be there. We wanted to stay. It was, um, Thanksgiving at my wife's grandfather's home. Uh, it's his first holiday without his wife of like 60 something years. And it's, it was also his anniversary with her. It coincidentally was the same day. Awesome. So it was a rough day. So we made sure to stay there a little longer. Gotcha. (laughs) But yeah, that's it. Merry Christmas is out guys. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. Go check out Amazon Prime. Uh, any other, you can rent it. You can watch it Prime. Um, if you're lucky people, you might have a DVD on your way to you soon. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start making the DVD tomorrow, upload it to Kanaki, order it in. So probably within a couple of weeks, I'll also have physical copies. Nice. But, but you know, it, those aren't going to be fancy. I'm going to tell you all right now. There ain't going to be like a bunch of bonus features or anything. It's going to be the movie. It's going to be commentary. And that's it. Cat commentary. Cat commentary. Oh my god. Let's put get this stuff the mic in front of Gizmo's face the entire time. <laughs> um so, you know, if you want to support the film, feel free to just watch it on Amazon Prime. That is totally fine. Watch it on Prime, tell your friends to watch it on Prime. But you know, if you want to own a physical copy, you know, you're just gonna be owning a physical copy. You're paying for the box and the disc basically. But you know, I'll toss it up for, I don't know, eleven bucks or something. It's steel. Steal the century, right there, baby. I'll make it cheap. Like your films. Oh! Oh! They are. I mean, they're very cost-effective. This was very cheap. Films. Yeah, why Why make your film cost $300 million? I mean, you can, if you make it cost $500, you'll, you'll, you'll... Man, you're just printing money. It's free money. Free money, literally. Free money. <laughs> well, let's get on to some movie news. Uh, had a couple things happen uh, last couple weeks. Uh, more sexual assault allegations abound. Hollywood continues to burn to the ground. Uh, due process is out the window here in America now. It's a crazy time, Steve. Crazy time. Every day, someone else is going down in a blaze. Uh, they they probably did do something, but we don't know. Who knows? It's weird. Weird shit's going on. <sighs> I don't know. Okay, we'll just drop that. Uh, just and, drop uh, it. There's not. What else are we gonna fucking say? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, not only did you uh, fuck up with a bunch of women, you also destroyed the entire film industry. Because after him, that's when like the entire like Mountain Doom exploded. Like, he, he was the one ring hitting the lava and just causing it to all explode and everything go to crumbles. And the salvation of Middle Earth began. 
That's really what's happened since then. It's, it's been just, uh, it's just staggering and, and insane of what's been going on. It's all thanks to Steve, because Steve is the one who made Hart. Like, what did you tell Hart Weinstein again that made him do what he did? Oh, I said that, you know, a guy of his stature, of course he could do whatever he wants. <laughs> stature, as in he's fat, right? Oh, yeah. Perfect. He's so fat and disgusting. Well, every day when I I'm imagine on... a predator, I imagine a tiger, but this man looks like you push him over and he falls. <laughs> uh, Uwe Boll. Oh, man. Everything he did, all his videos about Weinstein and everything else are just amazing. I mean, they started with uh, the Annie Cool guy. Oh, oh yeah, that's going. right. Harry Knowles, that's right. Yeah, then it just kept going from there. Well, wait, maybe Harry Knowles... Well, there's a big gap between Harry Knowles and Weinstein. Maybe Harry Knowles is really what kicked this all off. Yeah, that's true. Man. God damn it, Harry he, Knowles. He should have got more set visits. Because he didn't get enough set visits, he's now burning Hollywood to the ground. Yeah, he told... He allowed himself to be outed as revenge for them never making his script. Just giving <laughs> just giving him food. A lot of food. Oh. Uh, I wonder how Guillermo del Toro feels. I know, right? I'm sure. I wonder how he feels about like all that stuff. I mean, I feel like he probably st- started talking to Harry less once Harry wrote a review about how Del Toro eats pussy really well. Oh no, he's a pussy master. Pussy master. <laughs> that, that review of Blade Two is weird. <laughs> uh, the guy who wrote that review is he did sexual assault stuff? No way. No wow. way. Wowzers, yowza, yippee skippy. Uh, as long as Tom Hanks and Weird Al are still doing okay, that's all that matters. That's true the end of the world if they, they get accused of doing something. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anybody else that would hurt people more if t- it was, you know, Tom Hanks and Weird Al Yankovic. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Disney still in talks to Fox, uh, talks, in talks to buy Fox. I Parts say. of Fox, not the whole Part, thing. Uh, what do they want, uh, what, now Steve, you've been looking at this a bit more than me, what do they want to buy exactly? I honestly am not sure. I don't. Okay. Th- I don't think those details have been revealed. But every report is saying they're looking into buying parts of Fox. So I don't <clears> think <throat> this would be a case where like 20th Century Fox, 21st Century Fox would cease to exist completely. But that um, definitely, instead of being six major studios, we'll be looking at like four major studios and one super studio. Yeah, we talked about this several weeks back with this first crowd. People are just like, "Oh, X Men, uh, Fantastic Four, yeah." It's like, no, this, this is a horrific idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't... Man, this city's so weird. I mean, Fox still makes good money on their films. I don't see any reason to sell. Yeah, I don't know. And that's just that short-term profit thing. It could be a short-term profit thing. Maybe <laughs> they just want to, um, like, lessen their loads or something. Because they that aren't hurting no financially, but they're the ones that are being open to selling and stuff. You know, this is them. This is not Disney coming into hostile takeover them. It's Fox being like, hey, you want to buy some of Come that on, big! Weird. Come on, big boy! Because oh. they're still making like all the, they're still making movies. Like Deadpool Two is gonna make a ton of money for them. Yeah, like and, they have a lot of. They're they're definitely. I think and, they're doing it. And Fox is Kingsman, right? Yeah, Fo- Fox is Kingsman. Yeah, so they're making. If I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, I mean, even then, like they got the New Mutants coming out. I'm sure that'll make a good amount of money. I don't know so much about the fucking Dark Phoenix movie they have coming out, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that... I mean, Apocalypse still made money, but it didn't make a lot of money. So, I don't know. And they... I mean, I the only thing I can see happening is they get... Uh, uh, Disney gets the Fantastic Four rights just just, you know, just get them back. Because I don't think Fox can churn a movie out that fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they can if they wanted to. 
but that's the most interesting thing because like they don't know what they're doing with the Fantastic Four stuff, as if they've ever really known what they're doing with the Fantastic Four stuff. No. Meanwhile, not. Universal still has Namor. Yep. As far as we know, the only MCU reference to Atlantis will be a a picture in Iron Man two and b all of the stuff in the line queue for uh, the Guardians right in Disneyland. Because mm-hmm. they can't do anything with Namor otherwise. Yeah, it's just, that's that's the fat, most fascinating thing. Yep. Yeah, and everyone keeps talking about tenet. Hulk, but it's Namor that I'm most curious about. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Uh, other news stuff. Uh, Stranger Things is getting a third season. That's been greenlit by Netflix. That seems like a no-brainer. Yep. That show's doing very well for them. Uh, I'm excited. I think I don't know if I talked about this up. This um, uh, basically Stranger Things came out on Blu-ray. It came in a cool, like kind of VHS-inspired packaging that was really nice and neat. I picked that up. Uh, my biggest complaint about it that was that it had unskippable uh, trailers at the start of the discs. Uh. I, I'm sorry, I started the, the first disc, and what killed me? Well, I, I wouldn't have. Okay, it's one thing to have unskippable trailers. That sucks, Steve. Uh, what they did. Was that the first trailer that starts playing is for the second season of Stranger Things. Oh, no. So, for me, never have seen... I've never seen Stranger Things. Uh, but I'm watching a trailer for the second season. That I, that I, can't, that I can't skip. Right, you can't skip it. Or fast forward. As someone said, maybe it's like an homage to like VHS tapes where you had to like watch trailers. I'm like, yeah, on those I could fast forward. Yeah, you can fast like, forward. You, you couldn't fast forward on this. You just had to watch it. I forget what the second trailer. I think it was for Defenders. That's what it was for. And yeah, I, that, that, that really that really pissed me off a lot. <laughs> yeah, it should because that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. So, but I did watch season two. Love straight. Love season two. So I'm looking forward to seeing where things go in season three. So uh, check that out. And yeah, I mean, if you want to own it on home video, a lot of people uh, made fun of this, but it's like, you no. Know, sometimes you want to own physical media. Yeah. Uh, you can get the uh, only get them at Target. And then they're in the cool uh, VHS style packaging. That's really nice. I almost picked it up just for the just for the physical media itself, just because of the design. Because it was ten. It was, was ten dollars yes, on Thanksgiving. Yes, it was one of those cases where I bought it a month earlier, and I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> fifteen bucks." Uh, and there, there, there's. I would actually. I would recommend spending the more money because I do. I, I, in my opinion, the packaging for the 4K Blu-ray set is way better. Oh yeah. Yeah, for the season one, they just use like a Photoshop filter for L on the cover. Meanwhile, they have tons of actual painted artwork that they used for the 4K box art, but not for the regular Blu-ray set. Huh. So if you want to spend a couple bucks more and get a better looking like physical packaging, get the 4K set. The 4K set comes with the 4K Blu-rays and the regular Blu-rays. So right. the, it, the regular season one is just Blu-ray. I mean, sorry, the regular Blu-ray set is just Blu-ray and DVD. So there's no. If I had known that 4K set was coming out with the better artwork on the packaging, considering I'm buying it for the packaging, primarily, mm-hmm. I would have just waited. Right. But it kind of came out of nowhere. It's, I mean, there's some weird communication going on there with, with Target and their shit. <laughs> but we live in a glorious age, Steve, of of all this cool, like, collector-friendly packaging. Like, Best Buy does steelbooks for fucking everything. Like, Atomic Blonde got a really cool steelbook at Best Buy. I went and picked that up. Oh, jeez. That's cool. Yeah. Valerian got a steel book. I don't know who the fuck's spending that. <laughs> oh, money, we're lining think. up for that one. Yeah, but, but Target always gets really cool packaging. Like, there's a, we're living in an interesting age where each store is like doing their own different little thing 
to try to enhance and um, entice uh, physical media buying. Yeah. Which, as a physical media collector, I really appreciate that. Good. It's excellent. Uh, let's see. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Coco stuff uh, with the Frozen short that's at the beginning of it that was causing issues for everybody because it's yes. a 21 minute short with you know like 15, 20 minutes of trailers before a movie, a kids movie. So children are seeing like an hour worth of shit before the actual movie even starts. Mm-hmm. And so Disney is doing the uh, smart thing in removing it from theaters starting on December eighth. Good. God, who that was such a. Who, I even, yeah, whoever thought that was a good idea needs a very stern talking to. I don't want them to be fired, but I want them to sit down with someone and that someone to look at them and be like, "So are you like stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm just curious." Yeah, that was that was a that was a mistake. Someone goofed on that. A uh, big goof. And uh, last bit of news, of real interesting news. Uh, I guess the world is just going insane, Steve, for this uh, two-minute teaser for Avengers Infinity War. So let's uh, do our part. Let's talk about that. I'll I'll go first. I'm just just exploding with excitement, guys. I mean, this is just going to, woo, you know. Did you see Spider-Man? I I clapped. I clapped when I saw him. Uh, 22 films we've been in, and we're finally here. We're finally going to see Thanos in his sweet black tank top. (laughs) Laundry Day Thanos. Uh, a side note, um, Red Letter Media has a series, I forget the name of it, where they kind of make fun of those geek talk shows. Mm-hmm. And I find them very funny, uh, just because I, I can get what they're going for. But I actually watched one of those shows recently. I, I saw when I, uh, comic, book, comic Book Girl 19 from YouTube is a cool um, YouTuber and cool does cool videos. She was a guest on, like, on a panel show about comics. I thought, okay, I like her. I'll check this out. Jesus Christ, Steve. It was just ten people who every time they talk about anything, it was just oh, I'm just bursting of excitement. This looks like it's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be amazing. It's just, oh man, they all had that. Everything was a positive. There was never like it never felt like there was any negatives coming out of anybody's mouth. Yeah, of course not. It was it was it was almost as if like, the the a dump truck of money was just falling on their head from some like sponsorship. It was woof. So I have I have way more appreciation for Red Letter Media and their and their spoofing of that uh, particular type of content that's uh, very popular on YouTube. Good. Uh, but Laundry Day Thanos. I mean, a lot of people running. Yeah. It. Look, I want the movie to be good. I want to be. Always, I want. Yeah. I want to be wrong because you know I thought Doctor Strange looked really bland, mm-hmm. and then I walked out of that movie being like, I actually really fucking like that movie. That was good. Um, you know, I don't go into these Marvel movies being like, yeah, fuck Marvel. Like, so many people still say to me, Steve, I know you don't like the Marvel films. Like, no, I like way more Marvel films than I dislike. Mm-hmm. But there are several that I dislike, and I am afraid sometimes when I see these things, and it looks like the ones that I dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, but this trailer looked bland, just plain and simple. And it just, it looks like... The MCU that I don't like because it's gotten painfully dull. Like, the action in this trailer looked exactly like the action we've already seen in the other two Avengers films. Um, The forced attempt in the trailer to look dire and serious made it even goofier to me because how many Marvel movies have tried to come off as super serious and were just fucking giggle fest the whole time? Mm -hmm. And the fact that they expect me to get excited over something that is like 
significantly less stylistically ambitious than the DC films, or I'm not going to compare Marvel and DC. Let's ignore what I just said. Less stylistically ambitious than the Marvel Netflix shows. That's insulting to me. Mm-hmm. That they just want me to pop only because, oh, here's the Iron Spider, even though it just looks like a shitty version of the Ben Riley suit. But his eyes lit up. Like, oh, he has spider sense, which we forgot about in the last movie. Oh, but <laughs> oh, but Black Panther's getting Cap a shield. He looks like Venom Cap. Isn't that swell? Oh, and there's this character, and here's that character, and here's that character, and here's that character. And it's just, it's literally just two minutes of, here's that character. But I already fucking know these characters. The only interesting part of the trailer could have been Thanos showing up and fucking shit up, and I didn't see that. I saw Thanos show up because he forgot it was fucking laundry day. And he puts, uh, the one cool thing was seeing human vision and vision getting his fucking gem ripped out of his fucking head. Mm-hmm. Which I already knew was going to happen, but seeing that was nice. And Thanos putting the gems into his gauntlet, but that was it. Everything else was running, and hey, look at this character. Nothing about the trailer was interesting to me. Absolutely he punched, nothing. He punched Tony. Oh boy. A fucking mad titan god punched a rich guy in a suit. Yeah, I know. That's how that fight's gonna go. Allegedly, I said, I told this to Bill, allegedly, the first time they screened this trailer, like the Disney thing, instead of Mark Ruffalo being in Doctor Strange's house, it's the Silver Surfer. Yeah, apparently there's a lot of stuff that wasn't in this trailer that was at the one shown at Comic-Con, too. Mm-hmm. But it's been so long since I watched, I watched like a leaked copy of that, I don't remember. I guess, I thought, I guess some people said there's like, uh, Thanos throws the moon at some point, and like all this other shit. Jesus. Why wasn't that in this trailer? I'd be like, this is hype as shit! Yeah, leading up to like the last shot you see is him just like doing something that could be catas- cataclysmic and terrifying. Yeah. But at the end time, is that really that interesting? Because like, most of the Marvel films are about the end of the world and big blue lights and skies and... Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's fine. He'll throw, he'll destroy the Earth and then a rock guy, that's, that's the, like the self-insert Russo brothers are just going to be like, oh, it's okay. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, I thought my friend was dead, but he's okay. Ha! 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 Uh, the Wrecking Crew could be in this movie, Steve. It, it could it could be come around. <sighs> Here's hoping. Yeah, they're, the first shot of the film is going to be like Thor... Uh, no, Thor's caught the Guardians. Um, it, uh, um, Spy- Spider-Man fighting the Wrecking Crew. Oh, yeah, I fucking laughed out loud, not in a good way, that the f- big final reveal for this trailer was the Guardians also being there. Like, <laughs> fuck it, yeah, yeah, we know. We fucking know. The Guardians are part of this. It's a space thing. They're space people. Why is that your pop? Like, why is that your build-up? It should have been something way, anything other than that. So one of, the, one of those is kind of, a, that's that's the moment when you see, like, Silver Surfer or something. Yeah. I If, if that would have been, like, who are you? And we cut to the Silver Surfer, they're being, like, um, come to me, my board, or fucking I don't care. Fucking voiced by Doug Jones. Yes. Gotta rectify that mistake. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is or a teaser. Or Beta Ray Bill this. standing there. Oh, like, but then why would Thor say, who are you? He'd be like, ah, oh, brother. And then they'd, they'd uh, maybe in the, Maybe in this universe he doesn't know Beta Ray yet. Oh, uh, that's bullshit. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. He didn't recognize Beta Ray's statue on Battleworld in Ragnarok. But if, he just didn't see it. Mm, I'm pretty sure he saw it. Oh, oh no, he didn't. Maybe he did. Do you think he had time? 
can't find it. Yeah, maybe it's a cut scene. Maybe it's another scene. He's like, hey, uh, that's Beta Ray Bill's head there. Where Have you seen my friend? I've been trying to, I'm trying, he could help me fight. My friend Beta Ray Bill, who's a really cool guy. I like, I like Beta Ray Bill. That my father can sit, you know, loved as much as a son. And can we, can we all consider him as a brother? Like, where's he at? He could really, now that Mjolnir got destroyed, he could really use Stormbreaker. Yeah. Could definitely use some help there. He's going to call his friend, <laughs> Beta Ray, yeah. like, hey, uh, my hammer got destroyed. Can you uh, just come help me? We can both hold Stormbreaker. I mean, we're, <laughs> now, he, Thor's just riding now. He doesn't really need Mjolnir. Toasty! Why aren't we writing these movies? We can we know these fucking comics better than they fucking do. Because, Bill, we would make them too good, but also too self-referential. And nobody would like them. But my film would have the wrecking crew, and it'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing, Bill. Get Jason Statham some work. And my Flash movie would have Barry running to the future and temporarily seeing a redheaded dude wearing a Flash suit with two kids that would go, Uncle Barry, before Barry gets pulled back in time. And that would never be allowed. <laughs> Even though that'd be fucking awesome. And also, I would play Wally West. Oh, there, okay, now, now the truth comes to light. Hey, I wouldn't pull out jokes out of fucking nowhere just to ruin the mood. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, seriously. Oh, um, this this had nothing to do with the holidays, but before we get into the movie we're talking about... Oh, please, go ahead. Just go ahead. as to what I was up to this week, I just want to say that um, when they announced that Xenoblade Chronicles 2... When they announced it earlier this year, at no point did I expect it to come out in 2017... Mm-hmm. And then last month, they announced it was coming out in December, and I lost my mind, but I still didn't believe it. And yet, I was holding the game in my hands yesterday, and it's really fucking good. So if you have a Switch, get Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You know, Tetsuya Takahashi makes, bo- hands down, my favorite RPGs of all time, every single fucking time. And I liked Xenoblade Chronicles X as for the world exploration and the gameplay, but the story was very lacking. This game has world exploration... Gameplay and shit tons of story. Two thumbs up. Just want to let people know it's it's really cool that this game came out. It was really unexpected, and finally I have a reason to use my fucking Switch. Oh, I wanted to add an addendum to that since we've been gone for two weeks. I totally forgot about this. Uh, the DLC, uh, the Frozen Wild expansion, came out for Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, that thing was well beyond worth the $20. Yeah, my wife just picked it up. It is insane. I, I, I absolutely loved it. It was incredible. Because I... You know, I, I've talked months back, I loved that game so much, it's the first game I ever, like, 100%ed, mm-hmm. got the Platinum Trophy, all that stuff for, so getting this was just, like, being able to step back in that world, being able to just, like, have more story, going in, like, another direction, explore another one of the, the tribe of people that didn't get a whole lot of, like, stuff about them in the first game, get, uh, like, this, I, I wasn't sure how much this would do, and it did, all it did was just toss more breadcrumbs at me about, like, Here's more like story stuff, and it's like, oh shit, I want, I want the sequel. Where's the sequel? I need answers for this thing. Like we already had some like kind of things I want to know more about at the end of the main game, but like there's a whole like whole other umbrella of stuff opened up in this DLC that I'm just like, oh shit, I want to know what's going on with this thing. Yeah. So now I'm just sitting here like, fuck, I don't. Can I have another DLC pack or something? Or <laughs> do I have, do I have to wait like three years for a sequel game? Right. Because that's how long it takes for fucking games to come out. I mean, I just I don't know what they have to do development wise. This engine in this game is fucking insane. Yeah, the like, snow you know, looks never... amazing. Oh god, the snow! I've never seen a video game that has snow look this good. Like even under the snow, when you start walking, like the big things of snow, you'll see grass under the snow. 
like start p- poking out through the snow as you're walking through it. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing? They're insane. It's it's it's, it's mind blowing. Uh, on top of that, the the new robots they added to, to the sick DLC are some of the most fun and challenging to play. Uh, even compared to some of the higher level stuff and the first base game, just and and this world we're living in now of just like microtransactions and kind of like garbage filler DLC stuff. This thing was just mind blowing on just how much content and how much uh, story, just game time. I spent, I think I spent about twenty hours on it, mm-hmm. fifteen twenty. And I, I, there's still a couple things I need to do, like outside of the main stuff, like a couple more cheat, like uh, trophies to get and stuff. It's just for twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. And then if you have PS Plus, I think it's like fifteen. Yeah, it's fifteen. We picked it up for fifteen. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's absurdly, absurdly underpriced for what you get, what you're getting. Yeah, uh, my wife is showing me like just the size of the area. And the fact that now there's more collectibles, I'm like, God damn it, more fucking collectibles, you'll beat the fucking main story in 2020 at this point. I didn't find the collectibles that much. There wasn't as many collectibles this time around, thankfully. Yeah, not, but she is huge on that. Like, like you know how the game has, like, um, percentage of the game complete yeah. and percentage of the story complete? She's at, like, 85% or, like, 80%, like, absurdly high percentage of story complete, but she's only, like, I'm sorry, of game complete, uh, but she's only, like, 20% for the story. Because she's gotten literally every collectible on the map before, like, progressing further in the story. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. I'm just like, why? Why are you doing this? Well, it's fun. You get to unlock other cool stuff. Uh, yeah, just balance it. That's all I feel. That's all, you know? Yeah. Well, okay, let's move okay, on yeah. to that. Uh, <laughs> these fun little... You know, we got a lot of stuff to cover when we don't record for you know, a week. Got a lot of stuff going on news and stuff like that. But, it, you know, it's a monumentous occasion. It's 150 episodes. It's a big deal. Most podcasts get to, like, 15 or 20 or something. Then they're like, fuck, this ain't working out. Fuck this shit. But we love you 12, 15 people that you consistently listen to this podcast. We love you so much. We're here every week for you. This is fun for us to do because this gives us something to kind of do creatively for our spare time when we're not brainstorming up talking cat Christmas movies. Uh, we're here watching movies, talking about them, having a good old time for entertainment. And what better way to not only do the 150th episode, but also kick off the Christmas season than with movies that just kind of have something to do with Christmas in the background, but aren't really about Christmas. We're kicking it off with Lethal Weapon 1987, directed by Richard Donner, written by Shane Black. A veteran policeman, Murtaugh, is partnered with the younger suicidal officer, Riggs. They both have one thing in common, hating working in pairs. Now they must learn to work uh, with one another to stop a gang of drug smugglers. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we've talked some before. We've, you know, we talked about Dead Heat. And we've, you know, talked before about the buddy cop genre. And uh, we're definitely today talking about the film that took the cauldron of some stuff that was still kind of bubbling and oozling in the 80s. And we get the film that, really without it. a doubt perfected it and maybe in some way kind of just like um figured out the formula to such a degree that every film after it is just like so uh derivative of this formula and then trying to like capture what this film captured which when you look at the film being a 15 million dollar budget making 120 million dollars okay it was just a monumental hit fuck yeah uh, so, Steve, uh, what did you think about Lethal Weapon? I think Lethal Weapon is a good flick. I think it's a, uh, there's a lot of actual heart with it, a lot of real characterization, um, with, uh, some very serious overtones, but at the same time, it, uh, has a heart, it has a, uh, it's a little tongue-in-cheek at times, not wink-at-the-camera tongue-in-cheek, uh, but mm-hmm. they have a sense of humor about their situation. 
and mm-hmm. it has a really, really good character relationship, you know, between Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Well, so good. I mean, this film established the foundation for a four-movie-long franchise. Um, six. Lethal Weapon 5 and 6 came out. They were just both premiered on a TV show called Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, you have the benefit of I've never, I never watched that. I show. will try to find your links at least just for those. Just Because as someone that has seen all the films, I think you would, in the very least, appreciate those. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Loaded Weapon 1, of course. Oh, yes, Loaded Weapon 1. The film I've actually seen more than Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> and it's funny, because my wife saw Loaded Weapon 1 with but way before seeing Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, so that's his dog. Does does his dog die? I'm like, no, honey, that was that was in a parody movie making fun of this. Mm-hmm. It was great kind of thinking about that because I had not watched Lethal Weapon in so long. It's one of those films that, you know, was on TV all the time growing up, and I watched most of it, but actually sitting down and watching it all the way through, I haven't done in forever, <laughs> well over a decade. So having watched Loaded Web 1 so recently for the podcast, I'm watching it and just kind of laughing. Like, oh, yeah, that's what they're, like, the dog, that's what they're making fun Yeah, 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 yeah. The bare-ass like shot. Things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's tons, tons of little things. I'm there. surprised the Loaded Weapon didn't take place at Christmas time. Or a holiday. Mm, that's fair. Regardless, we aren't talking about Loaded Weapon. We're talking about Lethal Weapon. No, no, Steve, we're talking about, we're talking about Loaded Weapon right now. All right, that's fine. Uh, no, but... No, you're totally right when it comes to, especially characters, you know, we're talking about Shane Black, even as a writer, I, you know, Shane Black is just such an incredible writer, and good director, too, when he, when he gets to get behind the chair there, behind the camera and stuff, and do stuff, I mean, just like the, you know, this film really is writing totally on uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover's performances, and I think, had you had a weaker script or stuff, this would have been a rather forgettable film. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, this is by this point, you know, Gibson has a name for himself. Gibson had already done um, Mad Max and Road Warrior, and uh, I think Tripoli. I think I think that's the name of that film. That you know, he had, he has, he's had a good amount of stuff under his belt, but he wasn't quite the. I know I would say uh, sorry, Gallipoli. Gallipoli is the, the the Australian army film. Uh, he hadn't quite. I would argue been like the uh huge hollywood star yet mm-hmm. you, do, you think that's you think that's fair to say yeah i'd say so i'm, trying, yeah, I'm yeah. looking i'm looking at these films and i i i don't know from my understanding of it i don't i think lethal weapon is really the the big thing for him I, i'd say so yeah because i i know like road warrior was big and that type of stuff but as far as like i guess as an american film star lethal weapon is and even in this film you're seeing that he has he's definitely having some trouble getting the accent down mm-hmm He's, uh, he's flipping over into his Australian accent quite often, which is, uh, rather hilarious. Uh, and, but just, yeah, but just, and not, not even him, like, uh, not, no, sorry, not even just him, like Danny Glover, woof, incredible in this film. Oh, so fucking good. Yeah, you know, it's really those two performances that are leading this. And then you're just, you're taking that, like, those, that, those core, um, pillars holding up this film, and you're just dressing it with incredible character actors and really good solid performances from everyone that each person is doing their part and doing it very well like i you know tom atkins we you know we've talked before all the oh, time yeah. how much we love tom atkins like he's in here for a short bit but even how little he's in the film he's he's giving a pretty good commanding performance mm-hmm. like the whole bit when he's just yelling at uh at uh Mur- murtaugh to, you know you know find him and kill him you know who did this you can do that you owe me yeah kill him and that, that, of course, takes on a whole, like, another dimension when you find out that he's part of the whole heroin smuggling 
ring and all this other stuff. Yeah. And and uh, just going on a little side thing, it's, I, I really like about Shane Black is he's always good at putting lots of crumbs in there, but not everything means something. Like when uh, Murtaugh's looking at the yearbook, he sees that the, um, what was the girl's name? Oh, I forget. Oh, fuck. You want me to actually remember something from a movie I watched? Yeah, that's right. The woman who got killed, the the, the, the the prostitute porn maker woman, Amanda Hunsecker, played by Jackie Swanson. Like, when you see in the book, you see that she has a sister named Beverly, and you're like, oh, is that going to lead to something? Nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is that, you know, at one point, Atkins is just talking about, oh, they have another daughter, you can't protect her, and then, then he just gets killed. Yeah. yeah. But he also, beyond that, you know, Gary Busey as Mr. Joshua. Oh, fucking Gary Busey, yes. God. What a commanding performance of that kid, that one right there. Absolutely. It's so good. Just the whole, like, lighter in the arm bit. Like, every time he's just, like, talking to people and kind of taunting uh, Riggs, he has them all tied up and everything. Yes. The big fight scene at the end. Oh, God, that fucking fight scene. Just, hey, we're just gonna watch these guys beat the shit out of each other. That was one of those moments where I was watching and almost having, it's kind of, kind of breaking my suspension of disbelief for a second, like... Like, you kind of watch, like, movies like Animal House and stuff, and you're like, these people are committing felonies and ruining the other, like, people going to college's ability to, like, learn and do stuff with their lives. Yeah. Like, I can't, how can I root for these people? You're watching this, like, there's a bunch of cops watching another cop beat a man to death. Yeah. <laughs> Break his neck! Break it! Oh my god. It's kind of like, and uh, Murtaugh's like, oh, this is his bus, his bus, stand back, let him do it. I'll take responsibility. Really? You're... I don't think you should take responsibility for this I horrible decision. Lo- I think there's a lawsuit waiting to happen right here. I don't think you can do that. Yeah. It's okay. You kill two cops. It's fine. Oh, well, yeah. Fuck this guy, then. Got to, got to take revenge. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like... And they still try to the arrest phone. him because he's white. Yeah. No. <laughs> he had a gun. <laughs> it's okay, though. He can't He can't be arrested and then uh, prosecute, you know, put, sorry, uh, then put charges against Riggs for... Um, priest brutality and stuff because he goes for a gun and gets shot to death. Correct. So it's okay. It all wraps up easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yep. All okay. <laughs> As we jump to the end of the film there. But no, just, uh, you know, Gary Busey, of course. Um, Murtaugh's family are all fun. Like, even like, Murtaugh, Danny Glover, going back to him in his performance. Uh, what a what an awesome, loving, charming dad. Agreed. I love him as a dad in this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, I know it's a lot of definitely, uh, Black's uh, script writing coming through there. Like, he, man, he nails, like, families and, like, just dad talk. I mean, we talked before about, you know, mon- uh, you know of course, with Monster Squad, that was more Fred Decker. But, you know, you know, they, they, both of them kind of have that, the, the, those shared mentalities. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're friends, that type of thing, where, you know, just that whole group can can bring a lot of things together. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking for and, sure. And definitely, definitely know how to do family dynamics. Like, actually, how, how kids actually talk and act how, you know, dads can actually be down to earth and, like, be related. They actually have a, a loving side to them and care about their kids. Whoa, that's weird. <laughs> Whoa, right? We're so used to talking about movies where dads are just pieces of shit. Not this dad. No, he's a good dad. Just a, no, he's a very good dad. You touch her and I'll kill you. Yeah, you'll try. <laughs> that's such a great, great line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Murtaugh's a fantastic character. Yeah. I just love him in this film. I just love his journey. Just, I mean... It's a it's a trope now. Like this, the problem with this film is it's similar. Uh, I, I we might get to it someday. Is uh, to live and die in L.A., where it's a film where you white watch it and go, man, there's so many tropes of like, what is this hacky bullshit? And you have to remember this invented. No, this <laughs> this is the film that invented it. Yeah, this film was so huge 
and such a monumental thing that it, it just basically like established and cemented these things. And that right where I like the whole, you know, cop that's kind of older, put with a wild, wild card partner who's just crazy. Yeah. And all that other stuff. Oh God. The scene of Murtaugh convincing him to like, go ahead and shoot yourself. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the entire scene of Mel Gibson attempting suicide is a really yeah. long scene. A very dark, long scene. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Yeah, you, you know, it's interesting. We, we've talked recently about tonal shifts. Yeah. And like this is the case where it works. Like You have the film that is generally an action comedy film, uh, but you have a uh, very, like you said, very, very dark scene happening. Fucking the, the, that loony... The Go thing ahead. with tonal shifts is that tonal shifts work when... It's a shift to a different tone and stays there for a bit, and then it shifts back to the original tone for a while. Mm-hmm. When we complain about tonal shifts, it's because it's shifting back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. And this film, this film is a textbook version of how to do it correctly. Yeah, how to maintain tone, how to maintain character. Like, even though we have this big, long scene where he's pretty close to pulling the trigger and blowing his brains out. As I say, the backdrop, of course, to that Looney Tunes episode, you know, special where uh, Yosemite Sam is Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> it was such an interesting, like, dynamic there. But it adds to, like, the scene. It's like, he's watching me watching cartoons about to blow his brains out because he's so, <laughs> you know, he's so depressed and suicidal. Yeah. And stuff. But, you know, even that character throughout the film, you can, it never deviates from that. You can tell there's, he's still looking for something to live for and trying to searching for that and trying to get over that and kind of, not, not necessarily, not get over it as in be, like, cured by the end of the film, but still finding ways to address it yes exactly and definitely a lot of this stuff between this case between uh, murtaugh's daughter being like kind of him saving murtaugh's daughter can kind of in a way relate to kind of him trying to save his wife mm-hmm. you know it's like you know explicit in the film talking about that but it definitely can you can draw parallels into there or that oh yeah and so you know it's just it's a great character arc for him and same thing with glover like kind of starting the film dealing with his age and by the end of the film jesus christ he's shot in the arm he's bloody beaten beaten up <laughs> Mitchell Ryan's coming out of a car, like down a, like a alleyway. He has uh, Murtaugh's there, two guns. Just lifts up one, shoots the guy in the head. The car goes flying off. The oh road my god! Crashes into a bus. That car crash was great. Oh, that car crash is excellent. But just like that's just a badass fucking scene. Yeah, it is. You it's you ain't getting away. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> and then it's such a satisfying like comeuppance for the for the villain. When he's, like, pinned by the car, there's a big pile of heroin, grenades in it, about to go on fire. And he's like, ugh, I can't reach for it, yeah. and it blows up. Yeah, It's always one of my favorite deaths in films. Get fucked. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> when someone's just pinned and can't, like, reach something that's going to kill them. Yep. It's always a good, good build-up for that stuff, too. Especially, like, uh, when um, Bob Morton and Robocop, when he's, like, reaching, he can't reach oh, the yeah. grenades because he's, he's got shot in the legs. It's, like, it was a good build-up. You're, like, waiting for those grenades to go off and explode. Come on, Bob! Come on, Bobby boy. Uh, it's excellent. And, and even like even some of the other visual shots. Like I forgot I forgot this film, like all the films were directed by Richard Donner. Oh yeah, I did forget that too. Until I saw his name. And, yeah, man, they're great shots. Great great setups and everything in this film. Like Gibson like has already been like electrocuted, all this other shit. Just got done beating up beating the fuck out of a bunch of guys. Has like a like submachine gun running off barefoot down the street chasing after Gary Busey in a car. Yeah. It looks incredible. It's just, it's just fantastic. Uh, excellent, just excellent filmmaking. Both, really, yeah, both for uh, really excellent filmmaking. 
both for uh, as far as comedy and uh, action stuff. This is a great script and a great director. Mm-hmm. And it blends together fucking beautifully. Beautifully. This, I mean, Lethal Weapon is fucking excellent. It is. It's one of those cases where, you know... I, I mean, I need to sit down. Now, now I have, when the holiday's coming, I mean, I'll take some time. I'll watch through the other films. Because the one I feel like I watched the most was four. And by four... <laughs> so, like, a lot of... It's just... It became very long in the tooth. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, kind of some things that... Uh, it played with the tropes and became kind of sad. Yeah. It was almost self-parody, but not self-aware. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, having that in my mind watching this, it's like, kind of, like, you hear the sad, the saxophone in the background all the time and stuff. It's, I was sitting there thinking, like, every time it's, like, saxophone's going off is when uh, Murtaugh's looking at his, like, hot-ass teenage daughter. Yeah. And it's like, like, oh, does he want to fuck his daughter? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's another that's another thing where this film has to kind of contend with you know being thirty years old yeah and like a lot of these things are very tropey very like again that that fucking saxophone in the soundtrack it's just I can usually uh, most things I can put a, put put it aside and not let it affect the art mm-hmm. so much but when I hear that it's just like you're immediately like uh it's it's so cheesy yeah and it, it's 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 not aged well that's that that if I would say one thing. The saxophone elements of the soundtrack. See, I, I can see where you're coming from, but I still really enjoyed the saxophone in the soundtrack. Like it's sometimes it's, it's fine. It, it hasn't aged super great, but I don't think it's aged so fucking poorly or anything like that mm-hmm. where it takes me out of the film whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I apologize if I'm making it sound worse than it is. I think maybe some of the the stings, the saxophone stings. Okay, that's more fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are yeah, and then also the mind of my. Of course, I'm thinking about Last Action Hero when the house blows up and the, the cop there's like two days to retirement. Yeah, it's like that's clearly kind of a, a joke nod laugh specifically the, on, the weapons, yeah. yeah for the lethal weapon stuff. So I have to have that in my head as well when I'm seeing that. But but then it's one of those things you can just take out of context. Like he's just looking at his. His daughter walking down the stairs in her sweet, like, I don't know, fall homecoming dress, whatever the fuck they're talking about. Winter, winter dance dress or whatever yeah. it is. It's like, does he want to have sex with his, sister, his, uh, his daughter? What's, what's, what's going on here? Well, I mean, who wouldn't? What's that? I, that, uh, that nice little boy at the dimples, the, the canyons in his face. <laughs> that, I guess, gets killed? <laughs> yeah, I assume he's dead. Yeah, I got killed when they kidnapped, uh, kidnapped his daughter. Yeah, I mean, they describe him, you know, it's uh, going back, what I was kind of thinking here is, uh, you know, we said this is a good script, you know, Shane Black is just leaving those breadcrumbs, you know, some things might matter, some things might not matter, just, mm-hmm. to, you know, depends on how things go, like with the kid, he describes him earlier, and now you kind of hear some bits of him, now he's dead, you know, his sister, might they didn't talk about that, you know, lots of different things there. Uh, another scene I really enjoyed, uh, <laughs> I thought was really funny, was the suicide scene. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the, a laugh a minute when he's trying to shoot himself. Yeah, I mean the jumper, the jumper, the uh, jumper suicide yeah, yeah. scene where uh, Gibson is just showing how much of like a hard boiled, like crazy man he is because of his suicidal tendencies. Oh, it's and so just good. like hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come step out there with you. Don't come near me, man. No, I just want to talk. Here, have a cigarette. Uh, don't touch me. Oh, you want to jump? Let's fucking jump. Well, if you jump, you're now a murderer. Jesus oh man. Christ. Uh, and then they fall into a balloon. Oh. Uh, Where 
where's where's that stuff at? Where's those balloons at? They never, <laughs> never seem to be there. I just yeah, see these movies. Everyone dies. Like, where was the big balloon thing? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, where's uh, that at? Um, yeah, like, and I hate to keep bringing up my wife, but this was her first time seeing this film. Oh, sure, absolutely, uh, no problem. But I, I'm glad that she got to see this because this showed her that Mel Gibson is actually like really good at acting. Because she hasn't seen many Mel Gibson films. Oh, really? Like, she knows mostly about Mel Gibson from, like, the jokes about Mel Gibson. Oh, that sucks. And his drunken explosion. Mm. And, like, she knows he was Mad Max, but, like, she hasn't seen the original films. Oh. Yeah. Um, but, again, so, I, I appreciate that she got to see the fact that Mel Gibson is, like, genuinely charming, funny, but also able to be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And he very much is in this film. I love him during the whole jumper scene. It's perfect. I can show that scene to anyone, and it'd be no context. And I guarantee you're gonna love the scene. Mm-hmm. And you can't say that about a lot of stuff. Oh, he's just, he's just a fucking wild man. Like that hair, everything, like how disheveled he looks. <laughs> yep. It's just there's the 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 paralink. I'm oh, sorry. The um, I guess uh, the the differences just there are stark between like him as a detective, and then you get Murtaugh, who's you know very clean cut, wears a suit. Everything like that. Because, well, I mean, clearly when Riggs is transferred, he was clearly in, um, in Vice. Since he was busting the coke dealers at the start of the film. Yeah. And so going that to Homicide, you know, it's, it's a much different uh, change. Oh, yeah. And that type of stuff. But, you know, as far as like, it comes to uh, Gibson, like, you're seeing that portrayal. Like, she's probably also, I mean, I would have to guess the first time she's seeing B- uh, Gary Busey in something in somewhat of a oh, serious... No. She has... A- uh, somewhat serious, I'm not sure, but she's seen a lot of Gary Busey. Okay, because uh, Gary Busey's kind of that same camp where not a lot of people have seen some of his stuff. They just know him now after, you know, post when he had the motorcycle accident and a bunch of other shit happened to him. Right, right. When his brain really started deteriorating. Poor Gary. Yeah. I still say, I, I won't take a... We're talking Gary Busey, I always recommend this film. There's a film called Eye of the Tiger... That does use the song in the movie as well. Of course. Basically, he's like a Nam guy that comes back, coming out, comes out of prison because he was set up and he came back from Nam and him taking on like a bunch of drug dealers in his hometown. It's like, I think it's one of the few films besides um, the Buddy Holly film where he kind of stars in. That's like a leading role thing for him. Uh, that's really good. That's I, cool. I highly, highly recommend checking that out. Uh, it's pretty easy to get, but. But yeah, you know, same thing. When like we're watching this, it's like it's been. A, I, mean, I I'm very familiar with Gibson stuff, but you know, it's not. It's been a while, so I've watched some stuff that wasn't you know, Road Warrior because I watched that last you no know, two years ago before Fury Road is coming out and that type of stuff. Right. So yeah, watching this was again that good reminder for me. Just in like, oh yeah, you know, Gibson really could really could deliver. Mm-hmm. And now he's just. I mean, he still he still gave plenty of great performances after this, but now nowadays it's he's kind of trapped in a. And a quagmire where a lot of people uh, don't have any interest in him ever doing anything ever again. Because of his uh, his drunken issues. Which he's, I, from far as I've ever heard and known, he's, you know, worked really hard to try to, for, you know, correct uh, stuff. But, yeah, people have their opinions. So yeah. that's, that's how that goes. Helen Hunt has always been on his side and always defended him and always tried to do stuff for him. Which is awesome. Which I like Helen Hunt. Which we will be talking about her in two weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so come back and find out what that movie is. 
so, I mean, uh, were there any other, like, scenes or any particular character things, anything else you wanted to kind of throw in here? Because I've been uh, talking my whole shotgun of stuff. I enjoy the entire uh, tree Christmas tree lot sequence. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, that's a great introduction to a character. It is. Because you're just seeing him do all this, like, oh, you already kind of see him uh, wake up drunken, and then, yeah, that, that pre- that, that's right before he goes to the tree lot, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so you see that stuff, him waking up on this, like, garbage, you know, tr- uh, mo- motorhome uh, trailer situation. Again, like, he was parodying Loaded Weapon 1. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, of course, yeah, everything else, like, you can just immediately see this guy is just, just a mess, and then, of course, then everything, and... The tree lot, the coke. Like, I'll take all of it. Uh, okay, 100. Oh, 100, okay. 20, 20 40. 40. Oh, 100,000 dollars. Oh. I've got that okay. kind of money on my salary. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, the whole play of that scene where they think he's, like, trying to pull a fast one by saying he's a cop and stuff. And That ain't a real badge. <laughs> this is a real gun. And that's a real badge. Yep. Oh, man. And it's great. Oh, the other fun thing. This film has good, great use of squibs. Oh, yeah. Some great uh, squibs. Great squibs in this film. Just excellent. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've hit most of my major scenes and character moments I thought were really noteworthy in this film. And also, uh, we, we talk about pacing a lot. Pacing is always something I want to bring up as a point. This film flies by. Yes, it does. Being almost nearly two hours long, it does not feel like it. No. It does it's not just, at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Ah. Uh, any any negatives? I have one negative, Steve. What's your negative? Uh, the title song for this movie, <laughs> "Lethal Weapon." Lethal Weapon. By what? I, I, what the? Some I saw fucking the, hack. It's called. Uh, let me see here. I, I. I. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I thought this was what it's called. I, I thought it was wrong because this is the fucking worst name I've ever heard for a band. <laughs> Honeymoon Suite is the name of the band that wrote the song "Lethal Weapon." What a terrible name for a band. I know, right? And the music video for it, it's a crazy head trip of a fucking thing and this song sucks <laughs> it's not even it's not even it doesn't even play like immediately when the credits start it's like the song after the song at the start of the credits right and this is like the title track for this the whole movie like you know again like we was talking about 80s and 90s movies having you know songs about or songs titled like the movie all this other stuff and it's like what the fuck is this thing tonally doesn't match this movie at all it's all like very airy and light and just yeah i mean i kind of like the song but it is completely wrong for the film Mm -hmm. completely yeah just (laughs) man woof uh on on the blu-ray you can watch the music video you can also watch on youtube it's i don't recommend it oh if you want to laugh i guess i'm gonna watch it it's not as good as the, the i don't know if i ever shared this on the facebook page the She's only 16, like this, like, dude who's <laughs> 40, climbing into this, like, sick teenage girl's bedroom, throwing down a carpet, wanting to bang her and stuff. The it's carpet like, oh. goes down seven times. Oh, God. <laughs> like, this is, it's it's filmed badly, and it's, ugh, this is gross. It's amazing. Uh, yes, it is amazing, but <laughs> content-wise, it's it's very gross. It's, uh, it's like you just had a very large coffee, and you're getting burps. <laughs> you're like ugh, blah, blah. oh god please stop oh god no no i'll never drink coffee again Ooh, coffee <laughs> give me that coffee um other than that i don't really think i have any like major actual negatives about the film which is no. funny because it i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say me neither 
Yeah, I was gonna say, which is funny because this film has a 67 Metacritic score. Of course, it fucking does. I'm really curious. Like, well, that seems very low. I thought this was a, would be a case of a film that is widely. Uh, oh, I guess the Chicago Chicago Tribune gave it a 12, or whatever it gave it back in the 87 that would equate to a 12 now. Yeah. It's a melodramatic clumsiness of the script, and in one scene, it's gratuitous endorsement of marijuana. What? <laughs> of course. Great. Because his, his daughter smoked weed in the house, and, and Murtaugh has had the right response to that, is beer is legal, marijuana is not, mm-hmm. dust are grounded. Like, again, going back to Murtaugh being a great father, great parent. Yep. Fucking He's totally great. logical, you know, as even as a cop, he understands, like... You know, kids, all this stuff. He's like, you know, yeah, I get it. You know, it it it's not right, but it's illegal. That's just how, that's just the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, whoever wrote that review can go fuck themselves. Uh, so I guess we can wrap it up here. I, I mean, unless we have any, you know, we can get to star ratings here. Yeah, I mean that's it. You know, great film. Check it out if you have it. It's a it's a staple film, I think. And the and as far as the buddy, you know, buddy cops action films 80s films i mean it's 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 huge it's very important to pop culture i mean i would definitely recommend checking it out and i think steve also agrees with me but judging by his silence i was just gonna say that i feel like if you haven't seen this film you're doing something wrong yeah that was a good that's a good point uh so start writing steve what would you give a lethal weapon i'm gonna give it a four and a half four and a half uh for me it is a very solid four stars super enjoyable film Definitely check it out. There is our review and our recommendation for that. And if you want to email us and let us know what you thought about Lethal Weapon and what you thought about you know, the past 150 episodes and all the ancillary things we've done, please email us at lethalfilmsandbillandsteve.gmail.com. Uh, let us know some of your favorite moments or some other things that we've done. I'm going to keep saying this until the end of the year. We'll work on the schedule for next year. So if you have any uh, suggestions or some things you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. I'd love to pencil it in. I'd love taking fan suggestions. Uh, you can also find all of our episodes at moviefilmsandbillandsteve.tumblr.com. All the episodes are listed there in one nice, neat, organized place, so you can check out anything you want to do over the last uh, three-some-odd years we've been doing the podcast. Uh, we're also on Facebook and on iTunes. Just look up Movie Films with Bill and Steve. Give us a like, leave a comment, and, of course, uh, subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. And in that review, let us know uh, your favorite Mel Gibson film. That'd be nice of you. Thank yeah. you so much. And we're also on Stitcher on their website and their mobile app. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at LevelBill. And, of course, folks, you can check out my film, SilverSpotlightFilms.com, Facebook.com slash SilverSpotlightFilms. Look up A Meowie Christmas on Amazon Prime. Type my name into Amazon Prime. Watch my movies. Check out my stuff. It pee, you know, it be swallowed, yeah. Yeah, and we'll also make sure to have a link to it on the Facebook page so you can find it through there. Find it easily. And if you ever want to see me be a superhero, it's Facebook.com slash TheAmazingSpiderSteve. Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Mind if I test drive your Audi?